It's the Tillcast episode 553. No way, Rose. And this week, guys, we talk more Final Fantasy 16 and Diablo 4 and Halls of Torment. Stay tuned. Tastes like compromise. I feel better. It's the Tillcast. We are back. Venus in a can. It is uh, July 16th at about, I don't know, 2 o'clock Central Time. Um, 3 o'clock. 3, 3 p.m. Manila time tomorrow. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. What? It is currently you go 91 degrees. Feels like 99 degrees. We are back. It's an M-rated show. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. I'm confused. <laughs> and with the three of us, you'll get about 30 minutes of bullshit. Bullshit. So I'm um, some news. Um, yeah, we are back. <laughs> Where were you going? I don't know. Just just mixing <laughs> it up. That's the idea, man. Uh, all right. Well, here we are. Here we are yet again. Mm-hmm. What's everybody been up to? Oh, geez. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, man. I, I I'm not a wine drinker. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, how was that midlife crisis last night? Uh, oh my god. What were you uh, drinking? I, I, oh, I gotta tell you. I gotta. I, I gotta tell you here. Um. So. I'm not, and I've, I've, I've drank wine before. Like I'm not a big. I'm, I, if I'm gonna drink, I'm, I'm, I'm either going to drink myself a good brew, or I'm going to, uh, you know, drink liquor because that's that's just the way I am. I mean, I grew up in the north. That's that's how how it is. It's always some kind of bad alcohol. Well, I found a new low last night. <laughs> Um, so the backstory here is, um, uh, I have a coworker, this coworker can constantly, constantly, you know, comes back, you know, and says, I'm, I'm moving a little slow this morning. And I'm like, why? And, I, and he's like, Hey, I may have drank an entire bottle of, uh, of wine last night. I'm like, okay. All right, so I can understand drinking a lot of wine can, you know, wine hangover suck. So I made the, uh, I asked him, what kind of wine do you drink? I'm just, I'm curious. And he comes back and says, Rosé. And I'm like, the fuck? (laughs) Isn't that, isn't that the, isn't that like delightfully pink? (laughs) <laughs> and uh and he he's like yeah that's kind of where it gets its name and i'm like what's that even taste like because i've never tried this shit and it and it's and it's basically it's it it's it's it when i think rosé i think of like an old lady <laughs> i don't think of my coworker, <laughs> uh and uh 
and, and uh, he's like, it's just, it's just basically kind of sweet, kind of not, it's a little dry sometimes, and it depends on where you get it. And I'm like, what do you, what do you get? And I'm like, and he re- uh, responds with, well, the bottle's eight dollars. And if you know anything about wine, an eight-dollar bottle of wine is basically like the Capri Sun of wine. Um, <laughs> it's one step up from box. So. Like, all right. I gave him all kinds of shit for this rose. And uh and he just looked at me and he says, You cannot give me any more shit until you try it. And I'm like, okay, fair. I mean, honestly, I have never tried this before. It could be good. I, I don't know. So I took up the challenge. I bought the exact same bottle of rosé that he nor- uh, that he normally buys. And uh, last night, I sat down while playing Diablo 4 with the only stemware that I had was a beer goblet. And, uh, <laughs> and, I, uh, and I poured myself half that bottle of wine. And it tasted... Like absolute sadness, dude. It was terrible. Uh, it it was. Um, I uh, if you look at a bottle of wine, or if you look at like the tasting notes, it's like if they could pour pretentious onto a page. That's that's basically what that is. I told, and I don't I told you that. last night. It smelled. It, it sounded like compromise. It's <laughs> it tasted like compromise. It was, it looked like, you know, it, it looked like grandma, tasted like compromise, and smelled like sadness. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was, um, it was unique. The thing is, though, it was drinkable. And that's the, and that's the saddest part about it, is that it wasn't horrible. It was just bad. <laughs> So I can understand if you were on a budget and you just needed to get, you know, just needed to get drunk. Yeah, you could probably do worse than Rosé. <laughs> but it wasn't remarkable in any way. <laughs> um, I was doing it all wrong, apparently. I suppose, uh, I, I, if you read the cards, you're supposed to have cheese or meats or what I, food with it. Like, uh, no, up here, when you get, when you get a bottle of alcohol, it, it has one purpose. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I still have a half a bottle of rosé and, you know, uh, you know, chilled, um, right next to s- uh, another bottle of Moscato. I've never tried that. That'll be a little bit later. I'm going to pair that with. I don't know. Gas station pizza. <laughs> we'll see how this all works. If I'm uh, if I'm retching on Monday, well, at least uh, at least I can give my coworker something to you know to talk about. But man, I'm not a wine drinker. <laughs> I don't do I don't do all of this stuff. Like I'm a very simple person. Like give you know, and, and I mean I'm not even. I'm I'm so simple that even my uh, even my liquor doesn't have to be fucking like top shelf or anything like 
I don't drink very much anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I was I got a little tipsy while playing Diablo last night. It was pretty awesome. And sad. Yeah, well, I was editing a plethora of photos last night. <laughs> I uh, no way, Rose. <laughs> no way, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> That's getting written down. <laughs> That's what you should have said to that bottle. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> no way, Rose. <laughs> now, I, uh, as you may have heard me talk about it a little bit on here, um, I got a side gig doing a lot of mostly concert photography and a handful of portraits. In fact, I've got some portraits lined up for later this year. Um, and it's definitely a side gig. Um, Occasionally, like I haven't been charging anybody. Um, I've gotten some really good tips. Um, for instance, um, I took some pics about a month ago and I got a surprise tip of $500 um, from the Damn. bands, which was really nice. And then I socked that away on another lens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, went to go shoot another band and I'll, draw, I'll name drop them because they uh, they saved my life. Um, there's this little band here that's been around for a while that uh, plays the plays Rocklahoma, which if you don't know what that is, it's like our big music festival here that's a lot of rock and metal. Um, but anyways, they reformed and I took some photos of them about a month ago while I was out to shoot some photos of another band. They liked them a lot, reviewed me, and then asked me to come out last Friday. And I'm like, hey, you should come out and take some photos. I was like, all right, yeah, I'll go take some photos. Um, I was like, just like last time, I'm not going to charge you anything. They're like... Whatever, like it kind of gave me a, he was really flippant with me on it. And I was like, what's that all about? And then I went in to go to this place. It's a dive here in town called Blackbird on Pearl, which is, I don't know, it's got a ballroom of a thousand square feet. It's pretty small. And went in there um, and they gave me a really good tip. Um, told me they thought even if I didn't end up getting anything that night, they wanted me to have money because they really liked what I did before. I was like, that's really cool. Um, so they hung out with me, drank a few beers with them while we were getting through the first act. I warmed up on the first act. And the thing about like local shows, especially here, is sometimes the promoters, what they'll do is they know people will stay till about 11. And after 11, that's when everybody starts to clear out or they've got a really good band. Basically what happened is the first act was the warm up act. The two middle acts are kind of like what they're hoping everybody will watch. And then everything else is just gravy, right? So they put the worst bands towards the end, you know. And you got a band that's going on stage at 1230 at night. Nobody's going to watch them. You're going to be either too fucked up or already on your way home. Um, so anyways, they get on stage. I'm shooting the shots. I run into another photographer that's been following me. And we trade a bunch of info. And having a pretty good time. I've got my eye in the viewfinder. I'm sitting there, like, lining up a shot with a guitarist, kind of shooting up. And... uh I don't know what's going on, but the guitarist, who's a pretty burly dude, grabs me by the back of my collar of my T-shirt and yanks me up on stage, and in the same motion takes his left hand, holsters his guitar on the guitar stand, and then jumps down and just, like, bully pushes this guy off off on his ass. And I look over, because you know, something's obviously going on. There's a fight mm -hmm. that broke out right behind me. I got a full-on bar fight between these two guys. And so he like knocked this guy off and then the bartender rushes in and starts, you know, messing with the crowd, telling him, you know, you can't, you can't be doing that in here. You need to, you need to either stop it right now or get out. 
And this guy throws another punch and clocks this other guy and that guitar mm-hmm. player and this other guy like grab them both or grab both of them and just shove them out the door. They're like, you can get this shit done out in the street. It was pouring rain. Like last night here, and Jason can attest around 830-ish, like it was like a monsoon around here. So they just chucked him out on the sidewalk oh, yeah. in the middle of pouring rain. And these guys are cussing him out, et cetera. <laughs> they slam the door. And then everybody like takes a breath for about five minutes. And I'm still on stage just like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And, you know, I wasn't in a position where I wanted to fight or anything like that. Like I've got, you know, I've got five grand worth of photography gear on me. Got a bag full of lenses and my camera and batteries and all sorts of shit. I don't want to get hit by anybody while I'm just fucking shooting shots. Right. Um. So I was pretty grateful. And then he tells me, he's yeah. like, yeah, he was like, you're there. And then right next to you is my brand new 1700 Ibanez, $1,700 Ibanez that I haven't even made a payment on. He's like, and this asshole is getting in a fight right next to my new guitar and the guy's shooting photos of us. It's like, I had to do something. Um, and so they like, you know, basically like start up from the course from what they were playing and then finish out their set. And of course, you know, I'm pretty grateful to them. After that, I shot like a thousand more shots, making sure I got perfect shots of them. <laughs> I, uh, I probably did. not even s- fucking around. That's like a thousand shots. <laughs> like I posted, I sent them 130 shots, edited Damn. shots. I never do that. I usually shoot. So I shot a band after them um, and I sent them 30. That was one of the other bands I was going up there to shoot. I sent them 30, but I spent all day yesterday editing those. Because again, um, you have to figure out which angles you like, right? And then you got to pick out, do I like this one? Is this one? Am I just making it because it's a good shot into something better? Or should I just pick what's best out of this lineup of images? And something I used to be really proud of is lining up the best shot. Now, before, way back in the day, I shot on film and you couldn't waste film. So I got really good at picking out an angle and then hoping I got the best shot and then finding out later when I was developing it, if it was worth a damn. Um, In the old days, like I wasn't even that good at developing film. So I took it to a place called Apertures here in town. They develop it for me. And it was always a surprise. Mm -hmm. Here's 30 shots. And then here's five of the 10 that I thought would turn out. And, oh, I picked the wrong speed of film. Um, That's the thing you'd have to worry about in the old days because all you had was aperture and shutter speed control. You didn't have ISO was the speed of the film. So, like, you didn't have a – you just hoped that you had the right one loaded in. You just kind of worked with what you got. So, in the digital age, like, I've got a camera that has a way faster um, shutter speed than anything I've ever used in my entire life. And so I can hold the button down for half a second and then there's 30 shots. So when I'm looking for the perfect angle, I can shoot 30 shots at a time until I get the perfect shot at that angle, which means sorting through this shit means like 30 shots that are just minorly different. And I pick the one that's most in focus. <laughs> right. Um, but I'm actually super proud of the shots I gave them. Um, I worked all day yesterday on them. Probably the best job I've done on shots so far, like if I was to not, if I was to think about everything I did, even the band after, I did pretty good for the band after, but um, it's the best work I've I've done for live shots so far. I'm super proud of what I did um, and they love it. These guys just like me for some reason. So 
well, they changed they then they changed their uh, profile right like almost immediately after you put them up. <laughs> yeah, every fan <laughs> member changed their profile fit- photos. <laughs> it was awesome. So, and then I got some, you know, some goofy pictures, like the, you know, the drummer winking at me while I was taking pictures back there. Um, but yeah, the interesting week. Um, that is the most interesting thing that's happened. Like my, my pool's still intact. Nothing's <laughs> going on with that. Pool robot's still doing really good. You haven't watered the lawn like crazy. <laughs> no, 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 nope, no overfilling <laughs> the pool. I've got three fly traps now. I've got a sundew. I didn't talk about this last time. Very random. So my boss wanted us to all get plants. Well, one of my members from the management team I work with wanted us to get plants as like a challenge. You can keep a plant alive. So I've got something called a spider plant, which is just like a, I don't know, a leafy plant with big leaves um, that has little <laughs> dangly things. It's that come a off fern. Of it. It's kind of like it's a, a fern. fern. You, so. you, if you got another spider plant, you'd be between two ferns. Something like that, yeah. Um, okay. But, so I've got that. And all you need is an interview. Well, we already do that. But, so I got that plant while I was at the nursery. I looked at, you know, something caught my eye. Of course, me being just a total nerd, said carnivorous plants. So I just walked over there. I was like, do they have any Venus fly traps? No Venus fly traps, but they did have pitcher plants and they had sundews. So sundews are the ones that have the real thin leaves with little sticky bits on it and that, you know, grab flies and bugs and then fruit roll up on them, which has been doing pretty good. And then the pitcher plant, I think everybody knows what that is, is the thing of little tubes and then flies fly in and can't fly back out and then it slowly digests them. So far, the pitcher plant is doing the Lord's work over in my in my living room. <laughs> Every single tube is just filled full of flies. Like it is just, it is eating so well right now, but I don't, I don't have any flies in my living room. As you know, if if you game with me online, you know that I use my salt gun and shoot flies all the time during the summer. Um, I haven't had a lot of flies to shoot because the pitcher plant's just eating all of them. Um, but yeah, it's a, that's how interesting my life is. What about you, Jason? <laughs> Oh, well, by comparison, your life's fucking exciting. <laughs> Would you like some rosé? <laughs> Would you like some rosé? <laughs> no way, rosé. <laughs> um, to be honest, I've not really done done much anything this week. The mo- most I did was uh uh just change up the the game I was playing for the week just to kind of, um, you know, get my mind reset a little bit. And, and then before uh, Diablo got really challenging. <laughs> um, really so challenging. Playing, so I've been playing Spider-Man all week. You gave up on Diablo? No, not completely. Just taking a little bit of a break. Uh, what happened? So I won't go in detail, but um, I've just kind of been in a uh, been in kind of a down place since last weekend, and just uh, wasn't really in the the headspace for demon slaying and depressing storylines. 
So, Understandable. So, and uh, with the with the uh, I picked up the PC version of Spider Man on a sale a while ago because I knew I'd want to go back and play it at some point. Um, because I'd played it on the PS4 and uh, playing it with PS5 level graphics was kind of appealing. Um, so I ended up installing that and playing that all week. And let me tell you, there is a world of difference. Um, playing that, playing the remastered version versus, uh, uh, versus the original PS4 version. Uh, the Peter Parker model looks a whole lot closer to, uh, Tom Holland than... (laughs) than that original kind of goof- goofy-looking model. Okay. I'm, But just playing it with better graphics it was kind of appealing. Great. And the remaster comes with all of the DLC, which there's like three DL- DLC campaigns that actually came out for that before they decided to make uh, uh, the fourth one it, its own standalone game. With the Miles Morales thing. Right. Um, so, just playing through those. Uh, basically, I killed the game in a week. So. You went through it. <laughs> yeah, you chewed through that hardcore. I do that it, occasionally. The game's not really that all that long, though, if you're not... Um, if you're not playing to sit there and do all of the little pick up all the little um like pictures you shoot around the city or picking up all the backpacks and stuff like that then the game's not really all that long all the uh the ubisoft like you know collectible bullshits yep yeah which i'd already done long time ago on the ps4 so i wasn't looking to go getting all of the collectibles just play through the game you just want to have some fun I understand yeah the uh, fucking you know the the games that I've been you know going through was um oh I've I've I finished Final Fantasy uh so Final Fantasy 16 I saw credits I got it done how how long Um, do you think that took you that is a very good question. I think it was right around 45 hours. I think it was because, uh, so, um, uh, my buddy was, uh, we're, we were sharing the, um, uh, PlayStation 5, right? So, uh, so we were, we had two concurrent but separate playthroughs going at the same time and we were just kind of trading off. Uh, and, we both beat it about 24 hours within 24 hours of each other and about uh, 45 hours each. So it's like we, uh, we had a, uh, a decent amount. I did all of the side quests, um, and experienced basically all of the story to, uh, you know, you know, to that game, uh, up to the point where it says, yeah, you can play this game, new game plus I'm like, uh, not right now. <laughs> My my thing with uh with RPGs is I let it sit for a while afterwards. 
and then I can go back and experience it again. Um, but yeah, the the game is great. Uh, there is a lot of really great cinematic, you know, style uh, fights. Um, some of them are <laughs> some of them are very Japanesey, where they come up, you know, come out kind of looking like an anime battle. Um, but that's it was you know a big battle on a grand scale is very flashy very you know very not final fantasy like that's an uh that's one of the things that i took away from it this game played more like an action game than any other final fantasy game so it's kind of like a final fantasy flavored action game instead of a true final fantasy you know role playing game um like it's it's final fantasy in name only really uh and there's you know the the fact that it's kind of it's kind of devil may fantasy devil may fantasy is a good one a good way of going uh going about it um you know because there's you know different combo counters and you know perfect dodges and you know and stuff like that so it's 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 not your uh it's not Final Fantasy of like 20, 30 years ago. It's, you know, it's, it's different. Um, it's, uh, for me, I enjoyed the story. Uh, and that's what I play Final Fantasy uh, games for. I don't necessarily need it to be, you know, uh, you know, like the you know Final Fantasy threes or anything like that, where it's fully turn based, or have the Final Fantasy seven active you know active time battle system, or uh, or anything like that. I like to see innovation in these games, but also kind of you know also see stuff that I can recognize as like Final Fantasy tropes and Final Fantasy characters, um, like you know, morbles and, you know, the different enemy types, you know, those come through very well, uh, in Final Fantasy 16. Um, and it has, I do have a little bit of, you know, it was, it was interesting to see it because this is also produced by the same guy that does Final Fantasy 14. Um, you know, Yoshi P or, um, Noshida. Uh, Noshida. So, um, he uh you could see the elements that you know from final fantasy 14 like some of the enemy types and some of the spells and and you know and how things are uh how things are actually displayed on the you know you know on the battle you know during battles to uh to give you visual reference those were basically up- upgraded and converted things you know that was kind of brought over from Final Fantasy 14 that worked for uh, 14 as visual cues um and of course you know he brought over stuff from you know or he basically he didn't it wasn't developed by him it was you know he's a producer right so he's he's like okay you can reference these things uh but it needs to be unique to this game uh and I think they did a very, you know, very good job of, you know, of, you know, tying the Final Fantasy tropes into a, you know, a, a 
pretty good story. I I think it was a, a, a decent Final Fantasy story. Nicely fleshed out. Uh, and uh, I did a pretty good job of it. Um, <clears throat> I, I only have one bitch so far. The yeah. Most of the side quests feel like total filler. Well, the side quests are... Um, you know, the side quests are filler, but it was you know, meant to flesh out the story. Whereas if you was to just go mainline, you know, doing the main quest, you basically miss all of the, uh, all of the abilities to, or all of the, um, uh, the context as to who these characters are and why they're there. Uh, as you go along and do the side quests, you actually kind of understand where all of the side characters come from, why they're doing what they're doing, some of their history, uh, and you miss that completely if you don't do the side quests throughout the game. They could have uh, done so, a lot, if, but I get what you're saying, mm, but the task at hand for the side quest that isn't the story beat feels almost inconsequential. Like the, the actual thing you're doing, which a lot of times amounts goes from this side of the map to this side of the map to interact with this NPC to go back to this NPC. Yeah, there is a little that, bit of... it's That part felt like a drag. I mean, it still feels like a drag. And like I've questioned whether getting the single piece of meteorite or the, uh, you know, the 500 gold or the random thing is ever worth it aside for the ones except from the ones that have the plus sign that absolutely do need something right like and the, the, the plus, plus sign signs gets you stuff like a mount or something like that which is pretty right pretty good and that and that is another visual cue that they brought over from 14 is that uh some quests are more important than others uh that something that would unlock something will have a you know have a plus sign or some uh some visual cue but the um yeah I, I get it i understand that's that is a problem with game you know and quest design in general though um and it is kind of something that plagues uh mmos <laughs> to be honest it, it felt like um, a, they feel like mmo quests whereas like you can think of the side quest in mass effect or the side quest in like dragon's age or something like that where they're like or even like a lot of the side quests, even in like Cyberpunk and their whole ass other facets of the game, like you mm -hmm. can play those and they hold up on their own, even if you never touch the main story. Right. They they don't have um, they're not necessarily full modules uh, in and of themselves where they're full uh, full stories. Uh, some of it is busy work, but some of you know, but it does actually add uh, a little bit of progression side progression to it because it's i i don't feel like all of them were useless i felt like some of the things that you were getting were useless uh but it would always add a little bit to you know to the side story and it becomes a little more evident why that's important as you go towards the end of the game um i i noted like right before like the the you know, the final encounter, you know, to, you know, to make it as vague as possible. Um, the, the, you know, the quests just lit up literally everywhere. Um, 
and those were like the culmination of all this uh, all the story beats that I had actually done on side quests you know going forward um I'm just pointing out the one thing that I had as major criticism. I actually like yeah. most things about the game. The uh, big thing that was hindering me initially was the the damn frame rate was really inconsistent. And I was watching videos, you know, just on the side while I'm sitting here working. And then somebody, one of these videos makes a point, like after the patch, like if you run it at the lock 30 in cinematic mode versus running it in the... Uh, performance mode it, the performance is actually more consistent and yeah. if you turn off the motion blur it really makes a big difference so i turned off motion blur turned it down to 30 lock 30 and i've had a much more consistent experience with it and have liked playing it yeah the uh the frame rate was uh, was a big issue for me too uh it's just uh, i was just listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago that we did it was a thing that me and you were both talking about was that god awful frame rate. Yeah. When you're used it, to playing just, stuff on PC at locked 120 or, you know, just anything over 60, and you mm -hmm. get into a game that you know was running on your hardware, would be just screaming. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's. It, it is one of the, uh, the things that they should have. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, yeah, that that should have actually been uh, uh, you know looked at and locked down a bit. I'm, well, I mean, if there's anything we've seen lately, it's that these games have become so complex that it seems like every game that comes out now, for the most part, has something they could have done better. I don't think it's uh, that big of a failing, uh, you know, to be honest. I mean, I know that it it's a it's a pain point for people like us, uh, you know, where we're like we're we're frame rate snobs in some you know in some regard. We want to make sure that it it looks good and it plays right, uh, and you really notice it when it dips. Uh, but if you look at you know if you look at what they were doing in that game that's you know that it was pushing the hardware and that's actually a it's it's decent for for what it is what we got out of it they did a pretty decent job can they do better yes i'm sure that there's some optimization that could you know that would make that run at a you know a steady 30 uh and not have weird frame rate di uh, dips they could probably optimize the performance mode so that it actually does, you know, keep a, you know, a relatively decent frame rate. Um, and that things, you know, those are, those are things that are secondary to, you know, the, you know, the game actually running what I didn't experience. I didn't experience any crashes. I didn't experience any bugs. I, you know, it was, you know, of a, a very polished game. I didn't have a, uh, I didn't have any problems with the game. Like I didn't have, <laughs> it wasn't Gollum level bad, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, <laughs> the game looked, you know, the game looked great, played right, and didn't crash, you know. And I guess in this day and age, that is um, a 
you know, that's a selling point. <laughs> but, but after, since you're the one that actually beat it, what do you, what do you think that you would rate it? Uh, that's, so, uh, so I, I have some unique criticisms because it's a Final Fantasy game. Um, you know, to me, a Final Fantasy game shouldn't be on rails. And I felt like that game was very much linear and on rails to the point where I didn't have a lot of agency as to where I was going or what I was doing. So that's good and bad. But for me, it was a little worse. Um, if I had to, you know, if I had to uh, to give it a, uh, a five point scale here. I would give it a four point five. It's not great. I mean, it's well, not that's, perfect. That's a but 90. it's still good. That's a ninety on the um, critic. That's still pretty high. Yeah, I mean, four point five is is fair. It's uh, it's not. It's not what I expected from the Final Fan uh, from Final Fantasy 16 and uh, they did definitely, you know, acknowledge the fact that things are uh, you know that people who played Final Fantasy are now adults. Like um the part that I'm having a little bit of difficulty with is the pacing because I I've been playing it in bite-sized chunks. Mhm. And sometimes that bite-sized chunk is literally me just watching cutscenes. Because there's a lot that I would say there's been some people that have measured it out to be about 20 hours of cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and with it being that, like, I enjoy the cutscenes, don't get me wrong, but sometimes I get on it and all I did was a cutscene and then got started on the next quest because I only had an hour to play it. And mostly just because I've been busy with other things the last week and a half. So I haven't had as much time to touch it. So, like, that's part of the issue I'm having with the pacing is just. I wish there was a little bit more gameplay. So like right now it's sitting at firmly at four and a quarter. But when I do get to the gameplay, I actually like, like after you get three different styles unlocked, I'll call it right. Mm-hmm. And you've got a variety of things to switch between. Then it, then it really amps up the combat from just the really ham fisted squash, uh, you know, square. Like that's what you do for a lot of it for the first few hours is just, basic attacks until you get a couple of good things right and then once you start to get your tool set and it starts to grow then it becomes a lot more interesting and i think they spice that up by basically giving you these big ass godzilla style battles yes to to help you out to get past some of that mundane comment combat early on and i think they add more story at the beginning to get you past the combat being kind of crap for a while um and so that pacing is a little bit off to me so far but like as far as like me sticking to a Final Fantasy game with the last one I really stuck to still being 10. I still haven't finished the 7 remake because I think parts of it are really bloated. Um, and I, I don't – I'm still not real sold on the real time – the real time with action combat style they've been going with. Right. Um I I rather they go either one way or the other, go full tactics or go full action. And I'm glad this just said we're just going to go action because I understand it and I'm getting used to it and I'm getting good at it. 
and I feel good about it. I like that real time dodge and parry stuff. Um, it's not Dark Souls level. It's not Devil May Cry level, but it's it's Devil May Cry with a hell of a lot better story that feels a lot less sophomoric. It, it feels good when you do a parry. I mean, time slows down. There's visual cues. There's a sound. You know, you you know, and it feels good that you do it. Uh, when you do a uh, when you do a perfect dodge, you get a counterattack, which you know you know incentivizes the fact that you've got good you know that you can get a uh, you know good timing on an attack. Um, you know you have to watch the enemies to see where they're at in their swing to be able to make sure that you you dodge it properly. You know that there's little nuances to you know to the combat that I can appreciate. Um. Yeah, it's it it does feel better once you get going. Uh I can tell you that there is a you know a modification to your combo that you can do instead of just mashing square. <laughs> um if you alternate between your uh your uh your square attack and your magic attack, which is the triangle attack, and you do it fast enough, you can actually do a magic, you know, a slash magic combo. Uh, that basically doubles your damage. So there's a there there is a couple a uh, couple extra bits that you can do with it. And if you ever get a an, an item called the Berserker Ring, yeah, I've it got on. that. It's uh makes things pretty great. Yeah, the you know you get the Berserker Ring, put it on. It's probably it's one of the best items in the game. <laughs> Yep, it's staying it's staying in my uh my slot here for a while. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's worth playing. Like to just to a point like Final Fantasy fifteen, if you're going back to the last time there was a you know a mainline Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy fifteen with Noctis and freaking like the boys in a fucking car, you know, it felt wrong. It felt it didn't feel Final Fantasy. It's it like, not it relatable like, to anybody. It's a bunch of spoiled brats riding around in a car, right? Right. A bunch of spoiled well, rich kids riding around in a car getting into hijinks, and, and literally nobody can relate with that. And it was... Noctuous is like the, cringe as fuck. Right. The world didn't feel right because you're driving around in a car. Um, <laughs> it was it was just like, eh, it didn't feel, it didn't feel quite right. This is very much fantasy. Like this is this is what you expect, uh, and I think you know just going to that you know that grittiness, uh, going you know getting rid of the idea of like cars and shit like that, and just like you know having you know having the story play out the way it does, um, makes more sense for a Final Fantasy game than you know than fifteen never did, so. It's worth it, man. If you if you're even if you're even kind of you know thinking it might be a game for you, you know, pick it up. It's 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 worth trying. Right on. But uh, well, the the only thing I have to add to this discussion as far as games played, um, had a lot of space in between everything to where I just didn't have a lot of time to play anything at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Ended up picking up a game on Steam sale for $3.99, which is now only $4.99, called Halls of Torment. And it is a survivor-like, in a 16-bit style, similar to Diablo 2. And that you have to point where you're going to shoot. So you can you can choose to like hold down a trigger or click a you know a button right your mouse button to shoot in a certain direction, but it you aim and shoot, um, and a lot you know or slash or whatever you're doing. But it uh it's got some key differences to Vampire Survivors. Um, it doesn't render quite as many enemies on screen as Vampire Survivors, and so far hasn't gotten as crazy. But again, I've just kind of started it. It has five levels to start. You unlock each level by doing certain things in each level. So, for example, it might say level up certain power to level five or something like that, and that'll unlock the next aspect of this power. Or once you get enough tiles on this thing in this uh, quest board, then you'll unlock the next level or unlock the next character or unlock the next power or unlock the next armor set. But... In each level, there's a well, and of course, you have to unlock the well first by rescuing a dude. Um, and when you unlock the well, what you do is you find an item by beating a boss in the level. They drop a you know a selection of loot. You pick the loot. If it's one of the items you haven't retrieved yet, you can put it in your bag or equip it, and then make your way to the well and drop it in the well. Now, you don't have it for the rest of that run, but now it is purchasable permanently to where you can equip it on any character from the start. And what that does is as you build up this equipment roster, it gives you a lot more powerful starting stats and a more powerful build. It could be things like increased crit chance by 10%, increased crit damage by 40%. Now I've got a crit build, right? Um, it could be increases range, pickup range, which helps out when you're in a melee build and you're killing stuff and you don't have enough time to get in there to get the loot to level your character up. Um, but you build up that arsenal and then you equip that arsenal on your characters, and now they've kind of got like a starting gear set to go into the next level that's more difficult. And you can also unlock or level up permanent stats, so it could be your attack speed or damage or movement speed or things like that, that your permanent unlocks for all the characters that you've unlocked. And by doing that, the second level is harder than the first, right? The enemies have more health, they're more plentiful, there's a lot more enemies that shoot projectiles, etc. Um, or more bosses or harder bosses, etc. And so it encourages you to find level or find level, find gear in each level, drop it in the well to make your character more powerful from the start, earn money, which carries over run to run to unlock more abilities, etc. Um, and it does a really good job of it. It's still in early access, but has quite a bit of content. And it is not it does not have the same type of build stuff that Vampire Survivors does. And the you know the crazy comboing of items to create more Uber items, but it is still mm -hmm. early access. What it does so far is you'll get a power, so you can hold up to six powers. And sometimes you go and you find a magic power that's dropped by a boss or sitting on the map or whatever. It'll give you the option to give you like the next level of the power that you already have equipped. So you can't equip the same power twice. But let's say I have this thing that shoots these needles forward. And on the upgrade of it, it also shoots some needles backwards. So the forward needles shoot and create things vulnerable to crit damage, while the backwards needles slowed everything down. So it gives me space is what it does. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's a it's a really solid game. Like I said, at five bucks, 
if you like survivor likes and you've played, you know, 9,000 hours of vampire survivors and you want a different taste, it's not as good as vampire survivors and everybody else is trying to live up to vampire survivors. It's pretty good though. Yeah. Um, and it's I mean, pretty entertaining. And I'll, I'll let you watch me stream it last night. Yeah. Um, it's it looked, got... it looked unique. Uh, you said it was, you know, kind of Diablo two ish style, you know, um, in the, uh, you know, in the presentation of it, it didn't look bad. Um, you know, but, and you had the ability to kind of like, you know, aim your abilities and stuff like that, where vampire survivors doesn't quite do that for you. No, it'll let you um, move with one control and point with the other. It even has the ability for you to fire individually. I don't know why you'd want to do that, except for there's one item where your abilities get more powerful if you don't shoot for like two seconds. Mm -hmm. So it could be useful in that build, but it works really good with the controller. Like essentially, I just use both sticks at all times. One stick to aim, one stick to move. And I like games like that that'll let me just kind of fuck around um, while I chat or watch TV or something like that. And it's, it's challenging. Like I've still not beat a level yet. Well, I mean, how and long did it take you to beat a level in vampire survivors too? It was, I mean, it, it wasn't immediate. Yeah. It took me a few hours to get enough unlocks to make it, to make it to where, and understand the synergies well enough to get to where I could beat a level, which you never really beat a level. You just get to the end to get start curb stopped. Right. Um, Unless you're uber powerful and I know that there's a handful of people that have played it that can get to past death. Um, I got past death. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not long ago, I was playing it and I, uh, I got to like uh, the 34th minute. Uh, it requires a very specific set of, uh, uh, of items to get there. But yeah, it's possible. <laughs> But yeah, if you're uh, just looking for something else to kind of quench that thirst for good games like that, there's that one. I am yeah. playing another one that's like it, but I haven't really delved too deep in it called Yet Another Zombie Survivor, which is actually pretty good, but it only has one level so far. But it's got pretty good build diversity. Um, I'll talk more about it later after I put more time into it. Um, it's also pretty cheap. That, those were my Steam sale. I spent less than $10 on the Steam sale this year. Because I didn't spend anything. I I don't. Well, no, no. I did. I did spend uh, a little bit. Well, I, I have um, I have several games that are coming out that I want to spend money on, and I've got. So going back to the photography thing, I've got a. I need a seventy by two hundred to shoot a hockey game, and at the very lowest I can find it used is 500 bucks. And then at the very highest, it's $2,500. So I don't want to spend $2,500, but I don't know how much I'm going to end up spending on this lens. So once I figure that out, then I'll buy a couple more games. Yeah. I, <laughs> I just, uh, uh, the two games that I picked up were, um, beat Box hazard. That sucks because I already have a seventy by two hundred for my Nikon. Well, we'll mm -hmm. talk offline here. Yeah, <laughs> or at least I think that's what it was. Let me confirm. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Well, we can confirm here in a minute. Are we? Are we ready? For, are we ready for a break? Yeah, let's go ahead and get a break. This 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 is something to get about to get spicy. All right, all right. We'll, we'll be back.
Chad, we're back. Oh my god. Woo! I think we're ready, oh but Rusty's still in a no way rose kind of kind of mood here. <laughs> he's getting hangry. I am. I'm getting very hangry. Yeah. You couldn't order his, his food before the show started because the hold was too long. <laughs> it's terrible, dude. It's just bad. Was there like five restaurants that you can order from? There isn't. There is. <laughs> this is this is this is how we don't have we don't have a restaurant per se. We have two bars and a gas station. Right, I guess both <laughs> bars serve food. Both bars serve food because, well, I mean, they kind of cornered the market on the whole food thing. There is no restaurants. Is it just there like isn't even deep, fast food around here? Is it just deep fried stuff they buy from Sam's? Uh, no, actually, the you know the well, um, maybe one of the bars, but the other uh, the other bar is more of like a you know is is got uh, is kind of uh, got a little smokehouse in the back, so they do like brisket burgers and stuff like that, which oh, is shit. actually not bad. Not bad, you that's, know. That's not bad at all. No, it's not bad, but it's like, like again, <laughs> they're the only they're they're the only competition in in town. So, don't order people, pizza from the gas station. I order pizza for the gas sta- from the gas station, which is also a deli, which is also, you know, the only place in town where you can get a you know damn sandwich. So, yeah, it's it's one of them towns. <laughs> I remember there's this little place um, where my ex used to live in eastern Florida. And there was like literally one restaurant in town, but it was like the absolute best southern comfort food I've ever had in my life. Like the very best chicken fried steak I've ever had in my entire life is at this little bitty like mom and pop restaurant at a four-way stop. Mm, um, I want chicken fried steak. Yeah, Put that yeah. on the list. It's uh, pretty delicious. Well, oh, I got a deep well, fryer now. Well, good. We we'll, need a, we we'll need... get you to uh, we'll get you to Brothers Hooligan when you're here, Rusty. You can have all the gravy and chicken fried steak you want. Brothers Hooligan, I've been there once, and um, yeah, I also need to get the Chewies once because I mean they're they're jalapeno ranch for some reason. I can drink that stuff. And then after we do Chewies, we'll get you some real Mexican food. There we go. Okay, or El Tequila. I. All I want from Chewy's is the is their uh, is their jalapeno ranch. So if we go in there and just buy a bucket of that, I can walk out. <laughs> just save it for snacking while you're in the in the hotel. Exactly. I could I could just use that for real chips. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, um, it is the new section. Um, I'm hungry. Sorry. It's all good, <laughs> Jason. Um, what you got so far? We'll, we'll bounce back and forth here. Well, after, uh, you know, two years after release, making news right now is the fact that Cyberpunk 2077 finally reaches a very positive user review rating. Oh, my God. Amazing. Uh, uh, which is, which basically means that they 80% uh or more of their uh five over 500,000 user ratings are now thumbs up 
It, it wasn't. Um, I don't understand why it was burned so hard on PC initially, because where it was sucking was PS4 and the uh, Xbox One. Yeah. Um, it, it Mystery did, to me, but... It legitimately sucked um, on those two consoles, basically still. I mean, legitimate. I think... I mean, there were a whole lot more bugs on PC, I think, that have been reported than, um, like, you and I experienced. And that was even with me initially running a 1070 playing the game. Um, so I don't know. I don't know why it was ever lambasted on PC either, but, I mean, it got chunked on pretty hard initially. I think it's more... The, I think it just got review bombed. Like people don't necessarily have to, you know, own damn game to review bomb it. So that's true. That is very true. Um, and then in, in other news, uh, it was announced this week that, uh, Major Herb Nielsen is leaving Xbox Major after Nelson. 20 years. Major Nelson? Uh, you know, it, that actually it didn't bring a tear to my eye, but it just it made me realize how long I've been gaming as an adult because he's been part of my adult gaming life basically since day one, right? Like, I turned 20 years old in 2002. So, like, Major Nelson's been a part of the Xbox thing since, like, what, 2004 or something? Yep. I mean, he's been there um through through there and he's part of the initial startup team for Xbox Live, right? And he is part of the reason that that community even grew as well as it did. Um there wouldn't have been a community without that man. Um, yeah, there's parts of him that's a little bit overhyped and he's, you know, he is the uh you know, he doesn't ever say anything negative about Xbox, but he's been like a voice of Xbox and Microsoft gaming for a very long time and not necessarily a go to source of things for me. But like it was always interesting to hear him talk about like what's coming up, et cetera. Before there were podcasts, before there was a lot of gaming channels, when X play was still a thing and G4 was still a thing, I tended to pay attention to him more than even those two shows. Um, because before the internet was as big as it is now, like there were TV shows dedicated to gaming and, and, you know, journal, like print journal stuff that we used to reference, which is how we found out about stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, major Nelson was was back in those days before, before Phil Spencer came into the whole envelope. That was where it was through him, either social media posts or. You know, a few years after Xbox Live started, his uh, his podcast is where a lot of the news about what was happening with with the Xbox and upcoming games, etc., came from. Right. And um, so I think it was interesting too because he's already already considerably older than us. I would venture to say that Major Nelson's probably in his sixties at this point. But like, it was just <laughs> it was. Uh, I don't know if gratifying is the right word, but it it made it feel a little bit less dorky to play games. And you got an old man talking to you about games. Um, 
And it's always going to be a little bit dorky, and I'm very okay with that. But I was a lot less okay with it when I was in my early 20s than I am today. Well, I mean, he's he's 65, right? So, Oh, shit. He is, he's 65. Considerably older than us. Jesus. I uh, mean, he's my dad's age. Damn. <laughs> you know, and he's he's been there from the beginning. He's a lot of the... Uh, I mean, a lot of people, what, despite whatever console you were on or PC you were on, um, you know, throughout the two, throughout the two thousands, especially up until the mid teens, um, you know, almost everybody knew, knew who Larry Herb was. And he's a lot of the reason why, um, online gaming hype got as much hype as it did. Um, I mean, he was a big proponent for, for a lot of it and he pushed a lot of it hard uh, and the amount of enthusiasm that man had, it, it didn't feel forced. Right. And mm. I don't believe that was, I think, I think he was genuinely that excited about, by a lot of things. There's a handful of people that are in a generation before us that were really into gaming before it was popular um a few a few weeks ago me and rusty were talking about like reason you know there was a real money auction house for diablo 3 prior to that there were people (laughs) like i found out about diablo 2 through my uncle because i was in a space where my parents wouldn't let me get diablo when i was a kid right it's called diablo and i had some pretty christian parents and when i became an adult i finally got diablo 2 while i was in college and I remember my uncle introduced me to it because my uncle did not make a lot of money and uh, because he was a felon. And he uh, sold items on Diablo. And I did not understand that until I watched what he did. He'd go out and farm like high-level items in Diablo 2 and then message people um, on the internet through like AWOL Instant Messenger. And they would agree to a trade and they would give him money through I don't remember how this worked and then he'd drop items on the ground like he would take pictures with a camera and send them pictures of what things he had it was like a black market for diablo items yeah. which was crazy i actually remember <laughs> when that was a thing yeah. yeah i remember buying rune words uh that was that was the thing you could get runes and if you uh, if you had like a three socketed item uh, and you you had the right rune word, you know rune combinations. You could create a rune word, and it came, you know, you know it gave you your item like a whole bunch of extra stats. Yeah, this and, was like um, two. Th- I want to say it was like two thousand one. And I'm watching my uncle, my uncle, basically illegally sell items through a video game, which was just <laughs> completely unheard of. And he's making like a hundred and fifty bucks a day doing this, farming items yeah. in Diablo. I was like, what the hell? And welcome. Welcome to the under uh, underworld. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and of course, all of that. He also sold his own moonshine. I, oh, a lot of those people also became a lot of that that early item farming selling crew in WoW, right? Like that was a big thing. Yeah, I, ne- I never bought shit like that when I was 
gaming because I always took it as a point of pride that I got to a certain thing, right? So I I was above that, but I know there are a lot of whales that were not above that. I was not above that. <laughs> but <laughs> anywho. You can't you can't prove a thing. Um <laughs> moving on, one thing that I thought was pretty interesting is that there's an upcoming Assassin's Creed game called Assassin's Creed Mirage. And the big focus for Assassin's Creed Mirage, or the big overwhelming focus I've gotten from the media coverage, is it's supposed to be kind of going Assassin's Creed going back to being an Assassin's Creed game, mm. and that it's assassinations, um, and a lot more focus, not as open world. And right now, yeah. they're also saying and more focus on stealth. Right, right, stealth and climbing, and you know, assassinations versus just going in and blitzkrieging stuff. But um, they're. The uh, director said there are no plans for additional DLC, which is a pretty big deal for Assassin's Creed because it's just been DLC bloat the entire time the last 10 years. So. Are we looking at possibly seeing a day and age where when a game is done, it's done? That's the theory. Oh, my God. I might really enjoy this. I'm actually looking forward to seeing what they do with it. But, I mean, I get it. I understand the you know the benefits of uh, of of doing DLC because relative to developing a whole new game, it's cheap. But um, man, if you're gonna do something, make it substantial. Like you know, blood and wine, substantial. Like continue the game in in such a way that's uh, you know, that it in itself could be considered a, you know, standalone title, you know? Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm all right with, uh, I'm all right with that. <laughs> that needs to, that needs to be a thing going forward. Yeah, it absolutely should be a thing. But in reference to Assassin's Creed, I have a decent segue um, we've all been wondering what Star Wars Outlaws is going to be. It is currently mm-hmm. rumored that at least one planet is the same size equivalent to two to three zones of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And if you played Assassin's Creed Odyssey, you know that was a pretty, that's probably the biggest open map that Assassin's Creed's ever had. Um, they're also saying that all of the uh, zones are handcrafted. So I'm tentatively excited about this game if it works. Again, me and Jason are still waiting on a patch that's two months too late still for uh, Jedi Survivor for PC. And I may eventually get to that game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a goal of playing it before the end of the year, but I'm hoping they'll freaking patch it so it runs. Um, me and Jason have well above the minimum hardware and uh, are still waiting on that game to freaking work. Yeah, I mean, just... The patches have been too slow. I'm sure I could figure out a way to brute force it, you know, by playing with different texture settings, etc. But I don't want to have to do that. In the same boat. I've got a 4090. I want to play the game on its... I want to play the game on at least close to max settings. I've heard it runs better without ray tracing, but the ray tracing looks pretty good in it when it runs. Um... I don't want to sacrifice that just to play the game. It just, it rubber bands all over the place. I've heard the campaign is freaking good. 
from those people who went through and, you know, figured out whatever they had to do to brute force it, right? Right. Um, and it has me really wanting to play it, but I'm not going to play it till I don't have to brute force the damn thing to do so. I have a couple more pieces. Do you have anything before I start yammering again? Nope. Okay. Well, one of the things that is pretty exciting is there is a rumor going on right now that um, StarCraft Three has begun development. Ooh. Another StarCraft? Oh, give Microsoft yet another thing to buy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a rumor. Um, we don't know, but it is rumored to be in a development. And it I, was, it was from saw... an insider, so it wasn't just some random person data mining. I'm, I saw something about it. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to these, you know, those games, I want if there's anything I want from StarCraft is I want them, I want it to be not RTS. Well, I want something that's you know that StarCraft that's not fucking RTS. Well, like good, um, good luck, I don't see it not being RTS. I really I get it. I really wish that the only thing I have against StarCraft is I like playing the campaign. I want the campaign to be really well fleshed out, right? Mm. So that I can play that because I'm no good versus the people that are like really crazy about StarCraft that can, you know, Zerg, Zerg rush you and, and kill, you know, wipe you out in five minutes. Mm -hmm. um, I'm okay playing comp, comp stomp with my friends. Um, but I would like to see that I'd like to see a StarCraft that is comfortable with turtling up a little bit. I like playing turtle mode StarCraft and the uh, competitive play is not geared towards that. You do not, it, nobody gets to max tech tree on anything. They just, get to a strategy that works and get like two levels up in the tech tree and then go, you know, rush with fire bats or something, you know? And it's always like microing like several different groups on uh, like some kind of weird pincher attack. And I, that's not, I'm not that kind of high level Starcraft player. And that's not the kind of gameplay I like. I like being able to turtle up and defend against waves of enemies, which I guess is not what Starcraft's meant to be. Right. Um, that's that's want, their billions, which is more I, my style. I want, what the, what I want from StarCraft is the promise that was never kept. What, StarCraft the, Ghost? StarCraft Ghost. Yeah, that got canceled like 10 years ago. Yes. And and it and Prey 2, I will be I will I will complain about them till my dying day. <laughs> uh but yeah, um StarCraft Ghost should have happened. I still think it would be, you know, it'd be a a game that would sell like hotcakes if they was to make it. Well, but the problem now is, is because StarCraft, you know, StarCraft Ghost was, you know, you know, hot off the heels of StarCraft 2. Like, if they need something that ties it, you know, ties into something. So StarCraft 3 actually has to come out before a game like StarCraft Ghost could come out. I don't think they're ever going to make that style of game. I think well, I think uh, they know and, what they're good at. I, I think that left to their own devices, Blizzard, Activision Blizzard, probably wouldn't make that game. But if Microsoft picks them up, 
I think it would be made. Because, because now you've got Microsoft, you know, going, okay, well, let's, let's see what we can do with, you know, with these IPs. We're not pigeonholed into this has to be an RTS. This has to be, you know, something else. You know, this, this could be, you know, a good, you know, first person action game or first person shooter or, you know, something like that, you know? It, it could be, you know, it could expand and change how the games, you know, how IPs are actually used, which I'm all right with. Like, as long as it works, it gives you a different perspective and, you know, in the world. Like, StarCraft, I mean, everybody knows StarCraft is kind of ripped off of, like, Warhammer 40k, but it in itself has its own story. and you know, and I think it, I think it doesn't get an opportunity to fully flesh out a story in RTS mode. It just needs something more. So that's, that's my opinion on it, I guess. I'm fucking hungry, man. (laughs) We're about there. Um, One (laughs) thing that we talked about, I feel like I'm going to toot my own horn. I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good about picking indies that I think are pretty good. And then apparently the rest of the world discovered Dave the Diver six months after we did. Yes. Um, it's got 35,000 positive reviews in Steam and has sold over a million copies since its 1.0 release about a week ago, which is insane. Um, might be time to finish Dave the Diver, but I think you already finished it, didn't you? I did not finish it. I um, uh, I got to... Uh, there, was, uh, there was a point where it wasn't quite it wasn't quite done yet, so I let it sit. But it's also one of those games that I'm probably gonna, you know, I was gonna wait for the uh, the 1.0, let it uh, let it get a patch or two, and then go through it, you know, again because there was it, it's it's legitimately a fun game to play, and I don't I don't mind doing uh, doing that, you know, that playthrough again. Well, speaking of saves that won't let you uh, continue, um, don't get Baldur's Gate yet. Just wait till release. Don't start playing it yet. Wait till release. They're going to wipe all of your gameplay um, right before it releases. So it's worth waiting on. I didn't buy it in early access because I didn't want to play the same thing at the same first area over and over and over again like I did with Divinity Original Sin 2. So I tested it essentially off my friend's account to see a how would it run and b what the gameplay was like and then decided within about an hour of gameplay i was like yep i like this i'm gonna buy it and then thought it would release sometime last year and it didn't well it's definitely ready now they're just retooling the optimization for consoles right now but it releases here in two weeks so on august the third that sucker is releasing and we will be in the midst of the Baldur's Gate 3 universe. I think a lot of us are going to, uh, are probably going to be playing that. Um, yeah. That's, that's almost the next big release because on the 25th we have Remnant 2 also coming out. Remnant 2. Yep. Remnant 2 is coming out and, uh, that's a big deal. In the middle of the month on the 25th, you've got Armored Core 6 coming out. And I think those are the biggest releases prior to uh, Starfield coming out. 
Starfield is going to take over September. I mean, I know that Phantom Liberty for Cyberpunk ends up coming out on September 26th. That may just sit on my stuff for a while because I don't know if we'll be finished with Starfield because then you got Alan Wake coming out in October. You got Assassin's Creed Mirage coming out in October. You got Endless Dungeon coming out in October. The Master Collection for Metal Gear Solid coming out in October. Like, there's a lot of stuff coming out in October right after freaking, uh, you know, Starfield. Like, I don't, I'm not going to have enough time to game. There is, there is never going to be enough time. And in five <clears> days, <throat> the season one of Diablo starts, which we're all kind of like sitting here kind of waiting on. Yep. And, you know, at some point this year, we may even get the Space Marine game, but I think that's going to end up coming out in 2024. But possibly, yeah. I don't have any more game things to talk about. Do you guys? Negative. No. Nope. I have. I want pizza. Make right. it happen. Jason, where can you find us? Find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash tiltcast. Our YouTube channels, youtube.com slash the real tiltcast. And search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find some friends to the show you've got for the love of gaming. You've got NoQuarters.net. You've got Picking Up the Pixels or Pupcast and TVGP.TV. They play isometric RPGs. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace. Peace.